Hot rating, Earth rings. We have now taken over your radio. All right, what's up, everybody? Jack Maloney here again with my guy Zachary Bennett. Friendly Bounce, Hardwood Practices, and Basketball Network. WNBA Podcast, Episode 4. We just dropped one yesterday, but we're we're back at it again. Zach, how's it going? It's just another, uh, just another back-to-back on the schedule, just like <laughs> in the league. It's, uh, it's, it, it's, it's going good. I think we might, I think we were talking before the show, we might turn four of these out before the week's over. This is just, we're slaving over hot microphones right now. <laughs> yeah, the, the schedule makers threw us a, a curveball and we're running with it. Mixing metaphors there, that's, that's good. <laughs> All right, so quick plugs. You can follow us on Twitter, at Friendly Bounce. Uh, you can follow me, at Jack Have It All. And you can follow Zach, at Zachary BD. That's Z-A-C-H-A-R-Y-B-D. There's the plugs. Because, because I, yeah, I, that, was a, uh, I, that was your first corporate plug on the podcast. <laughs> At least with, with, with some oomph. I always... Knowing you because we've sort of known each other for a while, going back to to saving the sky hook days. I thought uh, I never realized the end of your Twitter handle actually said "have it all." I thought it was some sort of Machiavelli reference or some some Tupac shenanigans going on. But no, no, that's a that's a Ma- that's a Monta Ellis shout out. Well, hey, that that Pacers team is going to be fun this year, but that's not what we're here to uh, <laughs> we're here to discuss. Yeah, so. we. Uh, this is the WNBA MVP podcast, as promised. Um, Jack, why don't you go over the rules, and then I'll go over the disclaimer after that. Switch it up. Okay, so we are, like Zach said, MVP podcast. Last few weeks of the season, two weeks left. Um, no Much game. anticipated. Yeah, there's a lot of playoff races still, still going down. We got seeds to figure out. Uh, home court advantage to figure out, but we're winding down, uh, so it's time to start talk, time to start talking about the MVP race. Um, plenty of candidates, and honestly, it's you could give it to a bunch of people, and you wouldn't be wrong. We're, but we're going to talk about that, obviously. So we each picked our our top five. We're going to run through run through all of those in reverse order. Uh, talk a little bit about each one uh, as we get there. Not so much argue, maybe, until we get to our picks, but just more of a information and, and discussion um, about some of the best players in the league. Nailed it. An informative uh, conversation about the stars that make up the WNBA. The one disclaimer I wanted to add, and I think we wanted to add, um, for the long-time listeners, you know, we, we've been around for a whole three shows now. We're serious. <laughs> um, four shows now. Um, you may have heard us on the first podcast. And, you know, Jack and I have been covering the NBA for a few years now, but this is really our first year diving into uh, the WNBA, and uh, that's why we're here, and we've been fairly transparent about our lack of knowledge, although uh, we are a little more attuned to certain nuances of the league and certain teams, and some of that will probably show in the results of 
uh, this podcast. But you know, don't uh, don't take our word as law. You know, for all we know, we're we're getting every single thing wrong. But you know, so there could be some regency bias. I may may be a little biased to the links, not because I'm around them all the time. That certainly has a lot to do with it. But because I haven't really had a chance to explore the the rest of the league yet, and so you often hear me defer to Jack when it comes to, to Eastern Conference topics and, and things like that. Um, so, it's, yeah, we're just being open about our, our lack of knowledge. I mean, we know some stuff. We know a good <laughs> amount of stuff. But, you know, this is we're doing this for fun. That's why we're here. And if we can learn a thing or two and um, enjoy some, some talent and good basketball along the way, that's, that's what we're going to do. Perfect. All right, let's get into it. Number five... <laughs> start disagreeing. I got Tamika catching. I'm just going, I'm going with it. I'm not going to wait for you to go. Um, she's fourth in the league in, in rebounding, fifth in the, in the league in defensive rebound percentage. Um, you've talked about the Indiana fever a lot before. From, I haven't admittedly been able to see a lot of them. I saw a game where they played Phoenix and played them very strong. It was very competitive. I can't say I know who won uh, confidently, <laughs> but and Tina Charles has been around for a while. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, that's another thing. You know, these are stars that have been around a while, but we we don't know that. Tina Charles, I'm only uh, recently exposed to, so it's you know none of that clout goes into the factoring here. But maybe it should. Um, you know, one of the obviously one of the best players on her team, an All Star, uh, doing work. But overall, when it comes to the elite players in the WNBA, I think. Um, pedestrian-like percentages. She's seventh in the league in total rebound percentage, sixth in the league in win shares. So, I mean, she hovers anywhere between three and nine, depending on the metric. So, I uh, I have Tina Charles at number five. Or Tamika Ketching, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, she, you know, you don't want to say, you know, watch the games, nerd, like, but I think it is important with her um, to, like you said, there are stats that show she's important, um, but it's so much more uh, with her in the Fever success. Just defensively, um, she's a mastermind still, uh, fourth in the league in steals, just got her 1,000th on the career, um, and she just run, she runs the show for them, and it's you know that obviously doesn't come up in the box score. Um, and not that not that stats aren't important, obviously, but it's she does a lot of little things for them, and I actually I don't I don't have her at five. Uh, spoiler alert: she's she's up there at four for me. But um, well, well, who do you got at five? You're calling me out for uh, <laughs> for my pick for my pick here. I I got Candace Parker um, at five. Oh, yes, wow. I. She's only played 14 games, and so she's she's not going to win it, um, which is fair, because you can't play half the season and win the MVP award, um, no matter how good you are. But she's 18 points a game, 10 rebounds, 6.5 assists. Uh, the, the rebounds and assists would lead the league. Um, and she, when she joined the, the Sparks, they were 3-13, and 13. And they're now 12 and 18, uh, and in the playoff picture in the West. 
they run they run their whole show through her um, as a point forward. She's been unbelievable, and I really only have her this low because she just hasn't played enough games, and that has to be a big factor when you're talking MVP. Um, in, incredibly valuable, but the lack of games is hurting her. So I got Candace Parker at five. I feel like on our last two podcasts ago, on our second podcast, you were a little more liberal with the fact that uh, Candace Parker hadn't joined the team until halfway through the season. I don't mean to call you out. I don't mean to call you out, but I think you were a little more inclined to give her the award a few days ago, despite that, um, than you were today. I'm just, you know, saying I have her at number four. I have her. I have her at number four. So we'll continue our uh, streak of shows with decent segues to three. King. We need sound effects. For yeah. That type of stuff. <laughs> Where's <No>. our producer? <laughs> <laughs> you're you're the producer. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's me. I'm asleep. I, yeah. For for a lot of the reasons you just said, um, you know, I, I I hear you subtly calling out my use of stats and telling you to watch the game and that I'm a nerd. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot a lot of the, a lot of that I will admit. You know, it's, I've I've seen a lot of I've seen Candace Parker play a lot and admittedly a lot more than. Uh, Tamika catching, uh, so it's it's safe for me to use metrics uh, to back up my points because the numbers aren't really you can't say they're wrong, but you you no. are right they don't tell the whole context. It's funny when you look over um, you know the league leaders on, on the basketball reference page that I have pulled up, um, and Candace Parker doesn't qualify for right. you know, she's not in the she's not amongst the leaders in total anything. She doesn't qualify among the league leaders on the WNBA's webpage. But then, you know, back to these metrics that I look at, and she's first in assist percentage, second in total rebound percentage, second in defense rebound percentage, and second player efficiency rating. It's like, holy crap. Um, it makes you wonder what could have been if she, if she played all year. Oh, yeah. If she, if she could have stayed healthy. So it is unfortunate that the WNBA won't bestow her with the, the reward or probably won't even consider it. I think if we do a friendly bounce awards podcast, maybe there's some foreshadowing there. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know maybe, maybe she is uh, in the in the conversation then if we ever uh, decide to do something like that. But that's who I have at number four. Yeah, and like you were you were calling me up out about about changing my mind from the last podcast and not being consistent and. I mean, I'm I'm fine if you get honestly if you give her the if you gave her the award this year, I I'd be perfectly fine with that. But I mean, for my rankings, uh, I was trying to be I was trying to look at it through both my yeah, lens and also a realistic lens in that you know. Yeah, whatever. Dude. <laughs> People are gonna think we're going at it so hard. That's hopefully uh, they know better. <laughs> Or hopefully at least we're, I know you're having fun. Who do you got at number four? I had, I had Tamika catching, so we just switched four and five. That's fair. I think, and maybe it's, you know, this could be a spoiler alert, maybe cover your ears, but that, just from the deduction process I went over, I think that means, uh, I don't think either of us had Tina Charles on this list, am I wrong? No, I did not have her, which is... We're almost criminal. Yes. It's it's almost criminal. I may have to consider dropping to be catching <laughs> off there, but um, and not uh, you know because I'm going to stick behind Candace Parker as I've done consistently. <laughs> we have a number three. 
Yeah. Sorry, I I just gonna say about about Tina Charles, and yeah. So it is. It's a testament, I think, to the liberties. The liberties foundation of as like a whole team in that they're twenty and eight. They got the best record in the league, first place, pretty much locked up in the East, and no one on their team would you think of as, you know, in the top two or three, like, that immediately come to your mind in terms of in terms of MVP award. And, you know, uh, we compared them uh, begrudgingly to the Grizzlies earlier in the year, and I think that's fitting once again in that you got, they got Marcus All, Zebo, Mike Conley, and they're a great team, but it's a group, definitely a group effort, and no one player really sticks out in that, they should be the MVP of the league, but yet there they are as as one of the league's best all-around bunches. Yeah, and you probably have a closer look at them being more aware of what goes on in the East, but, um, you know, with, with talking to Coach Reed before uh, they left and the, the Lynx left to go play New York in New York over the weekend, it was, you know, Tina Charles, she made it seem like Tina Charles was the anchor. She's who I think of. Yes. Um, you know, with they, you know, the, we've talked about it on the on the podcast before. They give up the the liberty give up fewer points in the paint to their opponents than any other team in the league. Uh, the Lynx are second. We learned it's by like like three points after the Lynx is everybody after the Lynx is sort of bunched up. Um, and then going back to this second defensive win shares for um, what is what what is the best defensive team in the league. So um, there's compelling arguments to include her. And if, the, if we were WNBA employees, I'm sure she uh, would make the list over uh, Candace Parker. But yeah. I guess we have our, uh, we have an unintended honorable mention. Yeah, I mean, she's... But, Tina Charles is fourth in scoring and fourth in rebounding. So it's... A beast. I mean, it really should be... She really should be included, but... Uh, that's how it goes. Sorry, Liberty. All right, number three, I got Brittany Griner. Yeah, I do too. We agree. Um, 15 points, 8 rebounds, a little over 4 blocks a game, which is absurd. Uh, she had 9 the other night, the season high in the league. She has 11 games with 5 or more blocks, and she's only played 23 this year. So that's about a little, just a little under 50% of the time she blocks 5 or more shots. Probably the most dominant low pros presence the league has ever seen, and of course, like we said, we haven't watched, we haven't watched more than really this season. But I'd find it hard to imagine there's been someone more more uh, dominant than her. I mean, if if you have seen any of the matchups between the Mercury and the Lynx, and you've seen her and Sylvia Fowles go at it, I have a hard time deciding between you know, which obviously I think I think Griner will, when it's all said and done, might be the more accomplished player. But when the Lynx traded for Sylvia Fowles, they considered her. There was uh, call it hyperbole or, or, or whatnot. Uh, you know, they talked about it, acquiring what is one of the WNBA's best centers in the history of the league. So it's you know, Sylvia Fowles is obviously not even an honorable mention on this list. I think having I covered the WNBA 
Western Conference Finals last year. It was a very last-ditch effort to jump into the league. It was really the only time I got on. I've seen Brittany. I mean, I feel like we've watched Brittany Griner grow as a player right? just because of, of her age and coming into the league. I think, truly, I think she can do more offensively, or I yes. feel that way. Maybe, maybe I'm being hypercritical. Um, and, you know, full, full disclosure, I am from Phoenix and grew up a, a, a Suns fan, and I am in, inclined to root for teams from there. I have no beef with the Mercury, but... You know, I, I think she can do a little more offensively, but you can't deny what she does on the defensive end of the ball, and that's you know, she, she's a game changer. Um, you know, if not for the other two people that we're going to talk about on this list, Griner is number one, and just shows you how stacked the talent in the league is becoming. Right. I mean, Phoenix has the fourth best defense in the league, um, 95.36 defensive rating. They allow the third fewest points in the paint. And that's almost directly related to Griner. Um, there's, they're 17 and 13. They got a playoff spot locked up in the West, um, second place in the West, and they're, they they're a really weird team. They are they are a extremely weird team, and especially without Tarasi this year. I mean, they probably make the playoffs in the West because of how bad it is, but. You know, they're a threat to the power structure in the West, and that's in very large part due to Griner. And and like you said, her offensive game can use some work. Um, and she is getting more skilled, but at the same time, she pretty much commands a double team just because of her size. Absolutely, um, yeah. No, she's sort of being graded on an unfair curve. That's a great, that's a great point. And, and that definitely helps their offense. I mean, if you have to send two people every time she touches the ball, um, and now and this is, this is definitely because we I just have not watched her enough, but when someone, I mean she's six eight I believe, which is, a, the tallest player in the league I think Fowles is six six, um, yeah, and so, I wonder, in that Griner, being six eight always. I assume always being the tallest player on the court, and that she is often, I would imagine, just relied more so on her size um, than skill to dominate. And so, if you grow up just being so much taller that it doesn't matter what moves you do, you're just gonna score eventually because no one can can jump with you. And that it's sort of your development offensively is maybe a little delayed than if. You were a little shorter and had to rely more on the scale, and now that's completely just. I'm just talking out, of, out of the side of my mouth. I don't know if that's no, no, true no, or I, not, but I, I I understand what you're playing. You're the biggest player on the court. You know, it it has its advantages to be you know to have the reach to put it in the net. You know, you think back to when you were a kid and you you know maybe beat up on your little brother's friends and and that uh, I certainly did. But, <laughs> You know, she she still at this level of talent needs to with the competition um, she needs to do a lot of things to score and it, it's not certainly easy for her but yeah. you know, I, when you when you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast you know a lot of this is subjective um, how do you define value you take Griner off the Phoenix Mercury as well as Diana Taurasi and they're a pretty terrible team I think I'm looking at their uh, their teams, you know, net plus minus numbers, because I've obviously 
wanted to develop a reputation as a stats guy on this podcast. <laughs> and uh, and uh, nobody on Phoenix has uh, a plus a net plus minus a greater than five. That, that's yeah, they're um, a, they're a bizarre truly, group. Truly amazing because even teams with um, losing records <laughs> like Seattle, you know, they, even they have players above five. So it's, <laughs> it's really it's really weird. I would like to. Uh, to look into that a little more, but um, do you have anything else to say about Griner before we move on to our, uh, our big epic final battle? <laughs> um, I guess just while we're sort of deconstructing her offensive game, she is she is yeah. third in she is third in the league in field goal percentage. So, well, that's fair. I mean, she's, at the same time, you can argue that she sh- that she can shoot it over everybody when she gets <laughs> near the basket. That's true. I hope so. <laughs> well, I think we're, I think we're, we're, we demolished Brittany Griner right there. I just sort of feel bad, but we did give her a third place. <laughs> yeah, I feel so. like we just, we spent the whole time, like, low-key criticizing her, like, while also naming her as the third most valuable player in the yeah, <laughs> I've heard, yeah, a lot of, <laughs> Griner, you know, we don't need to, we don't need to ignore it. She has off-the-court trouble, and she's made news for the wrong reasons, but I don't hold any, you know, I'm able to hold none of that against her, because I know I'm not, I'm not perfect either, so, um, you know, I don't hold any of that against her, where, where I would is if you were to say, like, you know, oh, she missed games, and she's still leading the league in points, it's like, well, she missed games because she was suspended, because she did something that she should not have did. Right, so it, yeah, that was it's, it's hard for me to argue in favor of that, but no, it's, that was a very open conversation. It was a little weird how we tore, her, you know, tore her game to shreds there because she would wreck us both. Um. Yes. <laughs> Without a doubt. I got. I don't know how you want to go about these last two, dude. Because I know we didn't pick. I know we didn't. We didn't pick the same player to win the MVP. You want to? You have a quarter. You want to flip it? How do you want to do this? I got. I got Maya Moret too. I okay. <laughs> why? Uh, why would you give? Uh, let's see. Do you want to? Uh, do you want to go first or second? So I, I I assume that you have Elena at two. I have Elena at two, but yeah. I'm determining so, whether I want to ask you why. You know why you gave it to one more than the other, or why you didn't give it to one more than the other. However, you want to answer it, I would. You know, explain your reasoning, unless you want me to go first, and then I can wing it. But we should do this in an orderly fashion, so we don't strangle each other through the phone. <laughs> okay. So first, first let's let's just lay out sort of the their accolades. In context. So Maya Moore, we we have Maya Moore and Elena Deladon as our top two. I have Elena as the MVP. Zach as Maya. And so Elena leads the league in scoring at 24 points. Maya is second at 21. Um, Elena is first in the league in rebound, or second in the league in rebounding at nine a night. Um, Maya Moore put, pulls down seven, which is eighth in the league. Um, Elena has averages two blocks a night. Maya obviously isn't blocking people, but she has averages four assists, two steals a game. Maya won last year's MVP. Elena is probably... 
Now you're the stats guy, huh? <laughs> she Maya won this year's All Star Game MVP. Um, the the Lynx are twenty and ten, first in the West. The Sh- Chicago Sky are eighteen and twelve, second in the East. Both have playoff spots locked up. Um, both players obviously are tremendous. So there, there we have sort of the lay of the land. And really, of course, like we said, it's you could give it to either one. Um, it is, that's true. You could, we could probably give it to Griner. We should probably include her after <laughs> what we just did. Yes. So, honestly, like you said, it's like you said, it's subjective, and that it probably comes down to me watching Elena more. To be honest. There's reasons he bias involved in my answer, too. I can't, uh, you know, heaven forbid Maya Moore is listening to this. I got to walk into practice tomorrow and have her <laughs> tell me about how I did. You know, in a dream world, that could happen one day. Um, yeah. Will it happen tomorrow? I don't know. But, <laughs> um, I mean, if you, here, it's, you know, I think if you're going to give, give it to one, you know, the, the biggest argument against Maya Moore, the most, you know, I've, prepared for to argue an argument that you were going to make that you haven't made yet that I'll address now. Um, you know, people say Maya Moore's on the best team. Well, that helped, you know, that sort of helped Steph Curry in the other league win it. Um, and even if that is true, I mean, Simone Augustus has not been around since mid-June. Sylvia Fowles pretty much, she was doing some biking at her home in Miami before she joined the Lynx, but she was really not in shape right away, and um, Lindsay Whalen hasn't been herself. She's shooting almost. She's, if you, if you compare this point in the season to where uh, to last year at this time, I think Lindsay Whalen she shot at least sixty less free throws this year than she had last year. So she's not getting in the lane, you know, creating assist opportunities with penetration. She's not getting a free throw line. She's not scoring at the same rate she was last year. So I think it's a that's yeah, a it's a very logical argument in theory, but with the way the links have been this year, they've been in disarray. And, uh, Maya's really only been the consistent one. Um, I go back to that Kobe comparison. And if, if, if not for her putting up the number she does, even when they're not the most efficient, the links aren't where they are today. That's the most compelling argument I got, Jack. Yeah, and I think I think being on a good team is important in that you should... There's some. There's a lot of credit due when you're a great player on a great team, and that obviously you have help. But I mean, that's that's important is to win games, and if your team is winning games, that elevates you in the MVP conversation. And I don't, regardless of sport, that's I think that's pretty much agreed upon across across sports and across conversation is that if you're winning that's you're helping your team win um, that's a big factor and you know both of these players if their team's missing them you know like I, I went inside I went inside the Liberty um, Sky game the other day and Elena didn't play and oh, yeah. I, I the, so bad for you. the sky I mean this guy just got crushed but I mean, likewise, if if Maya Moore doesn't play against the Liberty, the Lynx probably get crushed. I mean, it's like 
at this point with these these two, it's just really your personal preference, honestly, and you can't sure. go wrong. Like, no, I think it's. Go ahead. Sorry. And it's, I've watched Elena play more than, than Maya more this year, and I just, what I've seen from. Elena this season has just been like it just it's been incredible. I I don't know if it's the the size and that she still plays as a guard in which it seems more like unbelievable, like more impressive um than Maya. No, no, no pun intended. Yeah. Um sorry. Couldn't help it. <laughs> and just like her her big big moments this year. Um, she had a a big shot against um, against Phoenix earlier in the year. She won a game against Washington. Um, she had a forty five point night, um, actually a day because they played at like eleven thirty in the morning on a Tuesday um, earlier in the year. And I just I just think that she's been the best player in the league, and when she's the best player and you're talking about all playoff teams, I think that's Elena's the MVP. Yeah, I, I, have a, I have a really hard time poking an argument in the case to make Elena Deladon right. MVP. And, I, I and likewise, I, I can't poke a hole in, in your argument. Like, I mean, it's either I one. It's, just, it's really just flip a coin, really. Yeah, I could poke one hole if you want to get really picky, but I mean, you would probably groan when I hear it. Are you ready? Yeah, like what Maya's efficiency? No, well, Maya's efficiency is down compared to years past. The the only um, cover your ears, kid, dick move. I think I could bring up in this situation, for lack of a better phrase. Um, Where's our producer beeping that one, up? One, one, one of the yeah, we damn it, producer. Um, <laughs> Producer Jack is messing up. Not you, Jack. Producer Jack. <laughs> um, the the one one flaw that you could point out is one of these players plays overseas in the offseason, and the other doesn't. Um, so if you want to factor in the fatigue and total wear and tear of the body, um, you can do that. I think it's a really weak point. Um, right. But, you know, and I mean, plays overseas and. Elena Deladon doesn't. I mean, she's fortunate enough to where she doesn't. Uh, that's just not a priority to her at this at this time. So. Right, and I mean, I. Yeah, I'm not going to hold that against her for. She's, I know. She stays to be close to her sister, and that's completely fair. It's, and really, yeah, I mean, no, you don't need a reason to stay. Like. <laughs> no, it's and if 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 anything, it's not a knock on Elena. It's more of a holy crap Maya's doing this on you know a low, right. low fuel tank low fuel tank if anything it works in Maya's favor more than it does against Elena I think question you know questions like that um, that don't you know I think those are fun to ask obviously you can give the award to either one of them um, I mean yeah, it, it is cool to see Elena handle the ball as big as she is because Maya is a different player and that she doesn't handle the ball that much she does a lot of her work off the ball and come around screen and right. you wonder you know I, yeah i almost envy the 
the way to Del Don's ball handling. It's like, well, why, why can't Maya Moore have that? Because she'd be pretty awesome with that. Um, but, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know how we decide this one. Maybe we have a poll or something like that. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's really, it's really, just doesn't matter. I think Elena's go. I think Elena's going to win it. Um, I think that that's who the votes are going to go for. Um, but yeah, on our end, I, uh, I really don't don't think we can settle this. No, it's it's cool. I think we'll we'll give we'll just give everybody an MVP award yeah. when the season's over. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is 2015. It wasn't there a big debate about participation medals the other day. Yeah, yeah. Everyone uh, on Twitter has has an opinion. Like, really? Do you do you need an opinion on participation trophies? <laughs> it's like just no. just sit sit that one out. We we don't need to. <laughs> I don't know. I that's got a, I got I, I got a participation ribbon from a Flip Saunders basketball camp when I was little, hanging around. Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, so this controversy, I mean, it wasn't brewing back then, I mean, <laughs> don't remember, so yeah, I, wonder why I, I wonder why it's all the rage now. We're a little off topic. Um, all right, final rundown. You want to go over your picks again? Yeah, so say I... Nice, we're, say, a nice thing, say a nice thing about each one of them. Yeah, I'll so do, we... I'll do the same. We had the same five, right? We had the same five, yeah, and we both agreed that uh, Tina Charles is an honorable mention. So right. Tina Charles, we'll start with Tina Charles, your honorable mention, your uh, your second in defensive win shares, your ninth in, in player efficiency rating, your sixth in win shares, third in field goal percentage, fourth in, in scoring, in two, first first in two point field goals made. You're a great player, you anchor the defense, um, but you didn't do enough to make the list. We're sorry. <laughs> All right, so Candace Parker and Tamika Catchings. I had Parker at five. And catching's at four. You had it the other way around. Um, Parker's yep. obviously been unbelievable in elevating the Sparks. 18 points, 10 rebounds, six and a half assists a game since she's come back, running the show for them, uh, but just hasn't played enough games. Uh, yeah, catching's. We'll see. we'll see if you flip your stance on that in a couple days. <laughs> catching's um, defensive mastermind. Uh, really the team leader in in, in Indiana. Um, Fever have had a very successful season, about to lock up a playoff spot. She leads the team in scoring and rebounding, um, fourth in the league in steals, does every every little thing right, um, and a team leader for them. Uh, so third, we both had Griner. I, I got a, a bad player comparison popped into my head. I feel like I should share it. Sure. Tamika Catchings is a offensively potent version of Tony Allen in the WNBA. Yeah, like way more offensive. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Offensively, how much? I can't be any. I can't be much nicer. Offensively <laughs> potent is a, is a nice thing to say about a player. She's true. But she, you know, watching her, she's all over the court. She's her lid, and she's she's everywhere defensively. She's good offensively. Just like if, if Tony Allen was a good offensive player, I think you have to meet the catch it. Very fair. Three, we settled on Griner. We said 
said enough negative things about her. <laughs> yeah, but we... we all only, I, I think only because deep down we know how great of a player she is and because we've, I think we mentioned too that we've known her for so long. I know the four-letter network um, that everybody watches TV on and gets most of their sports news from, uh, you know, we hyped her up at, at college and things like that and she's been in the spotlight for the wrong reasons, but um, so it's, part of that we've heard her name all the time so maybe that's the reason we're a little more critical but I think we we are more inclined to put her among Maya Moore and Della Don than we are with uh, Charles and Candace Parker are we not yes and I mean she's extremely dominant defensively like she averaged yes. over four blocks a game which is absurd yeah she had she had nine blocks uh, on on Sunday night Sunday, against yeah. the Lynx, against Sylvia Fowles, who models her game after Shaq. So <laughs> six, 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 one of the best offensive centers in history. Griner, uh, Griner ate her up for, for dinner sometimes. I know Fowles shot four of 12, but um, yeah. All right, so top two, we had Mai Moore and Elena Deladon. I had, I had EDD winning it. Maya in second, Zach had it the other way around. Um, neither, of us, neither of us are wrong. No, top top two in scoring. Um, both do everything for their team. Um, both have big moments. Maya won the MVP last year. Elena's probably the favorite. Um, I would say Elena is definitely the face of the WNBA at this point. Oh, yeah. She, I mean... Maya isn't recognizable, but it, the way that companies brand athletes nowadays, you can tell that this is, you know, part of what we mentioned with her not playing in Europe. You know, the WNBA, of course, will embrace that too. So she's right. the face of the WNBA. She deserves to win the MVP. So they will. Yeah. So that's how we have it. You can obviously let us know what your thoughts are. Hit us up on Twitter, at Friendly Bounce, at Jack Have It All, um, at Zachary BD. Let us know what your your thoughts are if we're crazy. But I imagine that, I imagine most people are have similar thoughts to us. Yeah, I, uh, I do too. I, w- I would like, if anybody is listening and feel compelled, I would like to, uh, to hear somebody really go all out on the case for... Candace Parker is an MVP winner. I think that would be a, a pretty fascinating, fascinating argument. If somebody were to just go all out on it, because we've only we've only scratched the surface, but it'd be fun. Today was fun. I think we're we're going to do another podcast in a couple of days, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think we're scheduled for for Thursday night after Thursday night's games. Thursday, Big uh, Thursday. Liberty Liberty Sky matchup on Thursday night. Sweet. Um, you got anything else? Otherwise, we'll we'll call it a show. No, this is a this is a good program where everybody's a winner. <laughs> Everyone's the MVP, even us. We're, even even you, producer Jack. <laughs> All right, there it is, episode four, friendly bounces WNBA podcast in the books. I'm Jack Maloney. That's Zachary Bennett. Here's our guy, DJ Los Latino, playing us out. Peace.
in the name of the earth. Greeting, earthlings. We have now taken over your radio.